So today is the 28th of November, 2021. It's also the anniversary of um, the establishment of this monastery, Wat Mabchan. And this um, date marks the first night that the monks came to stay and practice here. And they set up their umbrella tents and practice meditation. And so that was the year 1984, uh, the 28th of November, 84. And so today it's um, 37 years now of this monastery. In the beginning there were eight monks and one novice who came here. And really the arising of this monastery, it comes from the kindness, the compassion, of the fully self-awakened Buddha, that he had this great compassion to build up his Bharami. And this is something that's really difficult to do. For a Buddha to attain to the Dhamma, to realize the Dhamma, this isn't easy at all. And so for us, if we don't have the Dhamma, or if we don't know the Dhamma, and then we won't know the path of practice. And there'll always be avidya, this ignorance, delusion, that's covering over and controlling the mind. And it's the nature of the defilements within our minds that they always drag our minds down. They're always pulling the mind down. And they don't make it higher or better. And if we don't train our hearts, then we won't gain knowledge. And we won't know the path of practice. And so for a fully self-awakened Buddha to arise, this is something that's the most difficult thing of all. But for us, we've been born and we have the merit to gain a human body. And this too is something that isn't easy, uh, to be born as a human. But we see around us that the number of humans in this world is steadily increasing. Uh, but in reality, that's just the four elements coming together in these bodies that's increasing. Uh, but the real difficult thing, the real difficult humanity to gain is that within our hearts. Those people who have the good qualities of a human, who have the virtue, the morality of a human, uh, they're getting less and less these days. And so it's like we see the world is getting hotter with this global warming. And it's deteriorating more and more. And so it's the same with the minds of humans. They're steadily deteriorating. And they are more deteriorated than they were in previous times. They're hotter than they were before. And why is that? It's because the development of sciences and engineering. And they make it easier the heart or the mind can find more happiness, more ease, more pleasure in the world. And so the amount of patience and endurance that people have gets less and less. The more development there is, 
then the quicker we're able to find out about news and different events. And for the most part, this has nothing to do with us. But we can know about things that have happened all over the world. And whatever happens in the world, we can know it all. And this stirs up the mind, makes it frantic, makes it chaotic. But really, the nature, or the normal state of the mind, is that of peace. And that's the nature of our hearts, is for them to be bright and clear. But when we don't have wisdom, then we're not able to maintain that clarity. We're not able to look after that brightness. And when we receive more and more sense impressions, then the mind proliferates and chases after those sense impressions, and then it arises and ceases following those sense impressions. And so we're always experiencing these, and they come in through the eyes, through uh, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body. And then they also enter in the heart itself, they appear within the heart itself. And so it's the sights and the sounds, and the odors, the taste, the tactile sensations that come in. And there are also those sense impressions which appear within the heart, what we call Dhamma Aramanas. And so when we're sitting still like this, then there's memories, there's thoughts that crop up within the mind. And when we experience them, then the mind goes and latches onto them. And this attachment happens very, very quickly. And so this process of uh, dhamma or phenomena, which depend upon each other, this co-dependent co-arising, this process is something that happens with uh, great speed. And if we don't train our minds, then what path will they take? Where will they go? We always have this feeling that things are me and mine, this feeling of self. And it's something that we've had ever since we were little children, this feeling of self, of me and things that belong to me. And whatever we do, it's for our own sake. We study for ourselves, and so that our lives will be better, we'll have more mindfulness, more wisdom, so that we'll be able to get a good job, we'll be able to get more money, and we'll be able to improve our lives. And so it's all concerned with self. And so that's what's happened ever since we were born. And we've had this feeling of self there within our hearts ever since we were born. And so when the causes and conditions for that to arise, then the self will come up. So we have these defilements there within our hearts and they push us to make karma and then the karma has its results. But if we are fortunate, then we've gained uh, a human body and those who have a lot of merit uh, can get this and those who have sila dhamma can gain uh, humanity. And so the arising well, this is something that's very difficult, and the arising of a Buddha is something very difficult as well. And we could say it's like 
dropping a needle into the ocean. And being able to find that needle is something very tough. Or we could compare it to being like a blind turtle that's swimming in the ocean. And there's a bamboo log that's floating on the top of the ocean and it has a small hole in it. And every hundred years that turtle surfaces and there's a wind which blows the log around in the four directions. And so the opportunity or the chance for that turtle to surface and for its head to uh, go through the hole in that bamboo log, it's very low. It's very difficult for that to happen. But it's still possible for it to happen. So those people who have merit, who are really intent on virtue, have set their hearts on practicing, for whom generosity is just something normal for them, being moral is just something normal for them. And they've got this faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, and this intention to practice. And these are people who really have merit. To have this intent to develop samadhi, and those people who have faith can do this. But in the beginning, most people don't really understand. They don't really have that faith. They may call themselves Buddhists, but that's just a name only. And they take part in Buddhist events, but that's just following the traditions that are in the society. And so they don't know anything about going to Nibbana, and each day their mind's chaotic and stirred up. But one day they meet with the first noble truth, the truth of dukkha or suffering. And so they experience the suffering, but they don't want that suffering. They get anxious and worried, there's a lot of fear, the mind's not settled, it's chaotic. And there can be many of these feelings in the heart, they can get very, very strong. And they think, well, this mind, it's me, right? It belongs to me, so why can't I control it? I don't want for this suffering, so why has this suffering come up? I don't want to be full of fear, I don't want to be anxious. But these emotions are appearing with great strength. And so those with barami, with spiritual virtues, Upon meeting with the suffering, they'll try to find a path out of it, try to find a way to freedom from dukkha. And so this wisdom comes up and they ask themselves, well, where can I find that? And maybe initially they don't know. So for some people, they gain this wisdom and they look for this path and they're able to find it as children. For some people, it's in the middle of their lives. And for some people, their barami ripens in old age. That they gain this interest and this desire to find this path. And so they search for it, and thinking, well, where can I discover a way? And who can I learn that from? And where are there monasteries to go to, where the monks there are practicing, and they teach a path of practice? 
And so we go to search and go to study to find knowledge and look through the scriptures and study them, trying to find a way of practice, seeking out great awakened teachers who know the Dhamma, who have practiced the Dhamma well already. So for myself, um, I went to seek out many of these great awakened teachers, many um, arahants and disciples of Ajahn Man. And also I went to uh, pay respects to monks in other lineages or traditions as well. And those who have knowledge, had knowledge, um, in a path of practice and meditation. And so one of them taught, uh, there was a person who came who said that they wanted to reach Sotapanna, and they asked how they could do that. And so the teacher asked, well, are you generous yet? Can you keep the five precepts yet? What about samadhi? And these are things that you need to train yourself in first. You need to develop a lot of mindfulness so that samadhi can become well established. And these are things which we need to cultivate initially. And through cultivating this, what we're doing is traveling along this path of practice. So even though we may desire things, we don't get them just because we desire them. What we need to do is we need to travel, we need to work at it. We need to abandon the wrong views, or we could put it as giving rise to right views. And when right view comes up, then wrong view just disappears all by itself. And similar to how when we um, turn on a light in a dark room, then that darkness disappears all by itself. And so this correct view, right view, samma ditti, is something that we need to uh, create, we need to give rise to within our hearts. And so these great teachers, um, they're disciples have built monasteries, many monasteries, in Thailand and around the world, and teaching a path of practice. And so when we study this, then we'll get to know the principles, the foundations of this path, and those both for monastics and for laity. So for myself, I've studied the Dhamma of Venerable Ajahn Chah, this great teacher, And this is what I uh, take uh, to teach everyone. And so for the monastics, he taught to eat little, to sleep little, and to be awake through our efforts, and to always be looking after our hearts so they don't fall into liking or disliking. And this is the ways of practice which are correct. And to always be cautious and uh, maintain restraint over our eyes, our ears, our nose, our tongue, our body, and our minds. And whenever we receive any sense impressions, uh, to not allow the mind to get involved in liking or disliking towards them. And so whenever we use um, the four requisites, whenever we use our clothing or robes or food, or shelter or medicines, we should always be contemplating those things. How they are requisites, supports for our practice. 
so that we can see the Dhamma, so that we can know the Dhamma, attain to the Dhamma. And we shouldn't be seeking happiness in these things, in our use of these things, because we've come to ordain already. And if we didn't ordain, then we'd have these things anyway. And we'll be able to get them in line with our barami, in line with the effort that we put in. And so that now we've come to become monks, we've taken on the robes, we should really practice, we should really meditate. So the cultivation of samadhi is something that's very important. And when our samadhi is well established, then we use that to contemplate. And we look into the very places where we're deluded, where our minds are deluded, where they get attached. Because this attachment causes suffering to arise. And if our minds have knowledge over these places, the places where we're deluded, if they gain knowledge there, then the suffering can't arise. And so for this knowledge to arise within our hearts, we need to train ourselves first. And if we don't train these minds, then they'll always be running after these sense impressions constantly. And so we must train them. We must do this a lot, cultivate this path a lot. In this life that we have, in this opportunity that we have as monks. And because we don't need to be involved in having an occupation. And really going on arms round is our occupation. The laity, they have their work in order to find wealth, in order to gain possessions. And they do this with great sincerity. And But for us, we've come to ordain. And as we chant um, during our ordination, Nibbana Satchikaranataya, and that we're doing this in order to make Nibbana clear. So we should really take this for real and take this sincerely. Because if we don't do that, if we're not sincere, then there's no way that we can see the Dhamma. And so we should be intent in this life, in this great opportunity that we've been given, that everything is complete and ready for us. We have bodies that are full and complete. We're able to sit in meditation, walk in meditation, so we should do this. We should attend the morning and evening chanting without fail. And these are the, the occupations or the activities that monks should engage in, that we should do a lot, cultivate a lot, so that our minds can gain peace. When they have settled down into calm, then we contemplate uh, physicality and mentality, so we see these things clearly. We see how they're not self. And through this, then the mind gains freedom, freedom from attachment to one degree. And we call this level the level of sotapanna, stream entry. And then as we carry on practicing, the mind gains more and more energy. The samadhi becomes more and more firm. We're able to gain more clarity in our vision. And for example, seeing this body, and seeing it as being something unattractive. And through that, then the mind grants a lot of happiness, a lot of joy. It fills up with this joy. Seeing it as just being elements which decay. And if we can see that, then the mind turns empty. As we carry on practicing, then it 
that sees this uh, to more and more profound degrees. We may perceive the body as just being a bag of blood or a bag of urine, of feces, of bones. We see this more and more clearly, how each part that makes up this body is something that's unattractive. The mind turns empty, it becomes more and more subtle, and the practice develops in stages like this. So if we really know about training our minds, about teaching our minds, then we'll be able to teach them well, teach them to not attach. We have this, gain this understanding, and uh, that shows that our minds have a degree of wisdom. So we can ask ourselves, well, why would we want to get angry? Why would we want to be afraid? Our bones and the bones of other people are just the same. Our skin and the skin of other people, it's no different. But if we don't have samadhi, then we won't be able to teach our minds like this. We can try, but they won't be able to see this. So the Dharma is something that's very profound and amazing, and something that we need to train ourselves in order to reach. And we need to see the importance in that training as well, in putting in effort, effort is something that we do need. And so we have to work in order to look after these bodies, in order to care for them, in order to feed them, and our practice of meditation is feeding our hearts. We also have homes for our bodies. But do we have a home for our mind yet? And this is something that we need to build. And that's the house of samadhi. And when we have this, then we can gain the wisdom that allows our mind to not attach to things. When we gain that, then the suffering that we experience uh, gets less and less. And so we see how, in order to look after these bodies, we need to go and work and gain money. And this is very exhausting. And then when we gain these things, if we just attach just a tiny amount to them, and then we became, become separated from those things, and then problems arise, suffering comes up. If we have something very valuable, but we lose that thing, and then suffering appears. So the Buddha taught initially for us to be generous, to be moral, to practice meditation, so that we can bring our hearts to brightness. And this is the process of building a monastery, a temple within our hearts. The external temples, these come about through the kindness and compassion of the laity, that they offer all of the requisites, and we have them all already. And so this, uh, these are the materials of uh, the religion, uh, the sasana watu, the dwellings of the monks, the huts, the meditation halls, the stupas. And those lay people who have faith, they make offerings to make these things possible. And so these actions, they become uh, goodness, 
There's goodness within the hearts of those who do them. And so we have these things already, so we should use them now to practice, uh, to give rise to the sasana pukulas, uh, the members, the individuals of the religion. So for someone to ordain as a monastic, this is something that really isn't easy at all. And for a monastic to be sincere in keeping up the standards, the practices um, of the tradition, and doing this well, this is something even more difficult, it's not easy. And for a monk to really practice, and to have mindfulness, to have samadhi, so that they know the Dhamma, they see the Dhamma, this is even more difficult. But whatever the case, it's something that we should all try to do. And so may all of you be sincere in this, both the laity and the monastics.